Okay, I'm gonna play the gourd horn for you. Ready? Yes. That's a sound. <laughs> that is a great sound. You like that one? That's Graham Otteson on the gourd horn. Yes, the gourd horn. And if you're thinking, that cannot possibly be the sound coming from someone blowing into a round, fleshy fruit, you are about to have your mind blown by the immense and unbelievable versatility of the humble gourd. Okay, this is a, uh, it's called Shake Array. Uh-huh. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we hear from Graham Otteson. She's a gourd whisperer. She's also an Atlas Obscura instructor for an online course called Gourds Gone Wild. We are going to take a visit to her brainchild, Gourdlandia. It is a workshop and studio in Ithaca, New York, and a place devoted entirely to the gourd. Here, with Graham's handiwork, gourds grow to be just about anything she believes they can be. From lamps to clocks to jewelry to nearly enough gourd-based instruments to form a small gourd orchestra. This is the Angoni. It's a West African harp. Well, we made this, but, you know, the tradition, traditional West African harp. When we come back, the story of Gordlandia. When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. I first visited Graham back in 2019, and I walked with her through the workshop and studio full of, of gourd, I have to say it, full of gorgeous art. But for me, the most magical space was the gourd garden, the place where all of these fruits are grown and harvested, where all of this starts. I remember just, like, you walk through this trellis, and there are cannonball-sized fruits, gourds, hanging down around you. There's, like, uh, hundreds of little mini gourds. And you kind of feel that you have landed into some kind of fantasy world. It's just so weird and playful and it feels sort of improbable that this is how anything 
grows and, and sure enough, it is. I found that very magical. Yes, people do go in there and, you know, you can see their eyes getting wider and they're looking around and they're wondering, what the heck is this? And then the questions come, you know, are, are, are they going to rot? <laughs> That's one of the first questions. And uh, no, I'm not making lamps out of something that will rot. And then the other question that I get a lot is, uh, can you eat them? I used to tease people about that all the time. Only a barbarian would eat something that you could turn into a lamp. <laughs> First of all, that didn't seem like a very nice thing to say to people. <laughs> Second of all, you can eat them. But honestly, they're not any better than a zucchini. How did this happen? How, what was the very first seed of Gordlandia? Well, that was um, quite a while back, about 17 years ago at this point. Um, you want me to tell you this story? I think I have to hear it. Okay. All right. Well, I was working as a midwife, which I totally loved. And at the same time as loving my work, I, I, I knew I was looking to use my hands more. A good midwife doesn't actually use her hands all that much. The big moment is a pretty small percentage of, well, you know, the time. Good midwives take up knitting because really, honestly, it's all about waiting, right? I hate knitting. I am <laughs> <laughs> not a good knitter at all. So uh, one day, Otto and I, my husband Otto and I were um, taking a little day trip something caught my eye on the side of the road and I didn't say anything and we didn't stop but on the way back I'm still not saying anything but I'm scanning the road suddenly there it is stop the car auto we have got to check this out it was only like six gourds at the end of this guy's driveway on a table he was selling and we picked up a gourd and we walked up the driveway to meet the guy and pretty much we were hooked. We're like, okay, we have got to grow some gourds next summer. And, and that's how it started. Something in me was just ready for that, mm. for that gourd. Okay. So you have your first meeting with the gourd. When did you realize <laughs> like you'd passed a moment of no return? When were you like, oh, I'm, I have fallen all the way into the gourd world and I will never get out. Uh, it got to be really too much for the house. There was like no standing room in the basement because of all the gourds. And so Otto was a carpenter and we started talking about my dream studio. When your husband had taken a, a whole year off of work to uh, build you your dream stu studio, you, you darn well better use it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're all the way in. You're, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Am I right in thinking that gourds also played a part in your wedding somehow? Oh, for sure. I had gourds in my hair. He had a little <laughs> gourd boutonniere. And there was a little gourd archway that we got married under. And gourds on top of the wedding cake. It was gourdy, but not too over-the-top gourdy, because I'm, I'm marrying Otto. <laughs> I married Otto at that <laughs> wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's well, you, get that straight. <laughs> clear, clearly, you and, and Otto, like, he's been on this gourd journey with you. He is. He's totally gung-ho gourds. A gorgeous love story. That's <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a sense of how many gourds 
you have harvested at this point in your life? Thousands, thousands. I don't know how many. Yeah. Lots, lots and lots. So you grow all these gourds and you've alluded to this, but tell us, what do you, what do you do with them? I'm growing those gourds and then the rest of the year they're, they're, they're drying in a drying shed, getting ready for me to turn them into something. When they're drying, they look really nasty. You know, but you probably remember about I do. that, right? I the do. skin of the, I have to say it again, because it's so important that people who are growing gourds for the first time, don't throw them away. That's what they do if they don't know any better, because they really go through this very awkward phase where the skin of the gourd gets nasty, moldy, really yucky looking as it's drying, because it's constantly wet as the gourd is drying. If you didn't know any better, you'd think you'd done something wrong and you'd throw your gourds away. So don't do that. It'd be tragic. Tragic, exactly. Okay, so now we have a dried gourd, but it doesn't look very nice. Then you have to wash that skin off. I use a stainless steel pot scrubber and then let it dry again because I got I was doing that in water. Once the gourd is dry, the shell is a lot like wood. And so you can do a lot of the same things. You can use the same kind of finishes that you might with woodworking and the same tools for cutting and carving and burning and drilling. And I use a fun little saw. That's my little gourd saw. It's as big as a bar of soap. So that's how I saw them open. My favorite thing to make is lamps. I try to stay, I try to stay in the realm of functional art, but sometimes I veer away from that a little bit. Things that I think you have made out of a gourd. A hat. Yes. Yes. I've worn a gourd hat, so I'm cheating. <laughs> uh, a pocketbook. Yes. Have you made a boat? A small mm, boat. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, shoe, shoe or fashion apparel? Fashion apparel, yes. Yes. Um, masks. Yes. A soup bowl. That's pretty simple. Yes. <laughs> um... What else? Armor. <laughs> <laughs> I told you they'd start to veer, veer off, but it's not crazy. It's not totally No, impossible. it's not totally. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, what am I missing in here? I mean, instruments. You're you made instruments out of gourds. What? Yeah, of what course. am I missing? You, you're missing puppets. Uh-huh. Uh, Bluetooth connected speakers. Mm-hmm. And clocks. I drew the line at a bassinet. Somebody wanted it. was talking about a, I don't want to put a baby in a gourd. <laughs> no, that's a going a little too far. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, think, it could. <laughs> it would be cute. You'd need a couple of really big gourds and then, I don't know, some yeah. other. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. The most ambitious thing I ever made out of gourds was a pair of chandeliers. I grew two um gigantic gourds. They were on the same vine. The first one was 126 pounds, and the second one was 140 pounds. What? So, yeah, yeah, they were huge. So you know you know how big pumpkins get, right? They all look kind of like uh, whatever, Jabba the Hutt. They, yeah, they, they get all schmoopy. They don't yeah, look that good. they're not they nice. No. Right. These gourds were beautiful. And right around the time that I was thinking, what the heck am I going to do with these gourds? A woman came up. She had just bought a house. And she said, you know, I've got this place with 15-foot ceilings. I think I want a gourd chandelier. 
a woman after my own heart. Yeah. So <laughs> it was it was almost haunting these big gourds. Like they they were a presence in the building. It felt like I had a constant visitor until I finished them. They both weigh as much as a person. Right, I mean, those exactly. are like two. You yeah. have brought two full people into the exactly. studio. And to- <laughs> yeah, I felt, at that point, I knew I was pushing the limits of produce as home decor. <laughs> One of the truly great sentences ever uttered in, in human history. <laughs> when you first hear about Gordlandia, it can feel kind of like, some like spaceship, you know what I mean? That's sort of floating off. It's like, oh, somebody decided to like make gourds their whole thing. That's cool. Interesting, weird. But like there is this long and pretty deep history, like important history to gourds. So maybe you can talk a little bit about kind of the gourd as a part of the human uh, experience. It's not just me, right? I'm not the only gourd lady right. in the world. I want right. to be sure to give, you know, um, proper recognition to thousands of other gourd ladies and gentlemen who are carrying on the gourd tradition. Gourds and people go way, 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 way back. They predate pottery, but nobody really knows for sure, right? Gourds are organic, so there's not a whole lot of, you know, physical evidence, but they started, the plant started in Africa somewhere around 60,000 years ago. And then somewhere, I've heard estimates between 12 and 25,000 years ago, people started discovering gourds. And um, some, some people say it was probably around the same time that people started growing their own grain, they would need a place to store it. But I love to think about, like, who was the first person and what, what did that look like? At some point, somebody picked up a gourd. They were carried, you know, through Africa and then into Europe and through Asia. There's a, a gourd called an Indonesian bottle gourd. It's got a great big round belly on the bottom and then a narrow neck and then another big bulbous head. And the Mexican bottle gourd is kind of similar to that with like, it's different. It's got a, like a neck at the top. and. And the, the Corsican flat is a flat gourd, and the Copper Canyon Canteen has a completely different... All over the world, people have been selecting for the shape that they wanted, for the particular function that they had in that part of the world. It's just fascinating to me. Do you ever wonder what would have happened if there'd been a different thing on that table? Like, do you ever wonder if, like, if it hadn't been a gourd? Well... It is gourds, but if it, <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't gourds and it was, for example, sea slugs, which I know nothing about, but aren't mm. they just beautiful? Mm. Like, then I would know about sea slugs. And I, I, here's the thing. When you, learn, when you learn about a thing in such depth as I've gotten to know gourds, you kind of extrapolate it to the rest of the world. Do you know what I mean? Having gotten to know gourds as thoroughly as I have has really it has given me an appreciation of all the other wonders, just just kind of like I said, by extrapolation. This what you just said is like encapsulates like every this is exactly <laughs> my entire feeling about the world. That sense of like going so deep on something, coming to know it so intimately that it expands every other single thing out. I think your approach to this gourd journey, I feel like the thing that I left thinking was like, it doesn't have to be gourds, but you should be 
like Graham. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> when I left niggas, like you don't have to commit your life to gourds, but the level of of creativity and playful exploration of of something that might seem simple at first, but then opens up into this vast expanse of possibility and knowledge. Like that is the thing that to me Gordlandia is. It's just like whatever it is in your life, find the thing Go that is deep. that is what our gourds are to Graham. <laughs> find that for yourself. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. Well, it's just, it's a joy to talk to you, as as always. Thanks. So nice to talk with you again. If you too are gourd curious, Graham is teaching an introductory online class on growing and crafting gourds, starting on Wednesday, January 10th. I carved a gourd with Graham a number of years back, and it, it has like a real place of pride in the house. It I know, Graham, this isn't what we talked about when I initially did it, I was gonna make it like a planter. And now it holds, this is embarrassing. It holds all of my Dungeons and Dragons stuff. It holds all my like my dice and like little mini figurines. But like it's a very that's important to me. Then it gets carried away. The kids take it because it's just like a wonderful object, and they pour everything out and they put all their stuff in it. Um, oh, that's love, so great! What a I perfect love use. Gourd. It's a really delightful thing. Anyway, so you too can have your own gourd and and do with it as you will. You can learn more about Gordlandia and Graham, and you can sign up for Graham's Atlas Obscura course by going to the show notes. You can also head to our website. We're offering listeners 15% off by using the code GORDLOVE when you register. That's right, G-O-U-R-D-L-O-V-E, GORDLOVE, for 15% off. We hope to see you at the GORD course. Thanks to Otto Otterson for lending us some supplemental GORD music for this episode. And a special thanks to Alexander Falls, Haley Deus, and Manuel Solarte for the Nagoni music in today's episode, including the song that we are listening to right now. So if you like what you hear, we dropped a link to their music in the show notes. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. This episode was produced by Abby Peralt. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. 
Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.